Amen. Well, it's great to be here with you. Great to be worshiping with you along the way. And uh, and we're closing out a series today. The series is called Summit Values. And uh, it's six weeks long. We've been walking through our six core values that we have here. We changed our name to Summit Point Church back in September, at the first of September there. And uh, so just wanted to get the core values out to you guys. The reality is there's not much change from where we were. It's exactly what we were, just bringing it together and making sure we explain it kind of collectively. So we're going to walk through what those core values are in just a little bit in the sermon here. I won't go through all the other five today, but we're going to close with the sixth one now today, which is plant strategically. Plant strategically. It's super important that you grasp one of our core values is planting. Church planting, uh, impact group planting. That's our small group ministry here. When those groups are getting vibrant and strong and there's some size to them, we end up sending out some leadership and rallying others around and we're planting even when it comes to the impact group ministry. We plant and uh, this church was started as a church plant, and we're excited to be able to be about that with all that we have and all that we go after. So one of our core values is that we plant, please hear me, strategically. It's really important that we grasp that. Our goal is not to plant wantonly. Just throw it anywhere, man. Just say you're planting. Everybody say, not that. No, what is the Lord doing? Where is the Lord moving? That's what we want to go after. Plant strategically, all right? So turn with me, if you will, to Acts chapter 14, starting in verse 8. Acts chapter 14, starting in verse 8. And uh, we're going to walk through a couple of points here today on what it means to plant strategically and how we go about it, all right? So point number one, minister powerfully with great discernment. Minister powerfully with great discernment. There is no way to plant powerfully and strategically if we're not having some powerful ministry going on where we're discerning what God is doing and we're working with them. Minister powerfully and with great discernment, all right? As we jump into Acts chapter 14 here and we pick this up, the apostle Paul is actually beginning to move around and plant churches, And he's visited multiple cities already, and he's been able to start some churches there as he shares the gospel, people trust Christ, and they come across. And now a little church is formed, and it begins to grow. And we're actually going to see that happen in the storyline we look at today. He's been to churches like Antioch. And uh, he's gone there, and he's visited with, and he's shared with. Some have been saved, and some stand against in a strong way. And we're going to see that even come out here in this passage as well. So let's jump in, starting in verse eight. It says, now at Lystra, so this is another town that he stopped into, along with Barnabas. Now at Lystra, there was a man sitting who could not use his feet. He was crippled from birth and had never walked. As Paul was beginning to talk and explain, there were some people who had rallied together. And as they came together, they actually grabbed a friend of theirs, maybe a family member, doesn't say who brought him in, but as they brought him in, he had never been able to walk. He had some issues going on with his feet, and so he was only able to sit and listen. He was able to reason and think, but he couldn't walk. And he was listening there to all that Paul was saying. Paul was talking about Jesus Christ and the gospel, and as he was talking, he said, he listened to Paul speaking. He listened. It doesn't mean he heard the echoing sounds of Paul's voice banging on his ear, but he wasn't taking it in. 
right? Not that. It means he was grasping and listening to the words and reasoning through what Paul was saying. He was listening. You know, like when you're talking to somebody maybe in your family and you've been saying something and it doesn't seem like they're responding and you're like, are you listening to me? Right? And what we really mean is, are you grasping the words that I'm saying and making sense out of them? Right? He was listening along the way. He listened to Paul speaking. And Paul, looking intently at him and seeing that he had faith to be made well, he said in a loud voice, and we'll just hold there. As Paul was speaking, he was beginning to grasp who was locked in. Speaking as a speaker... I'm just telling you that as I communicate, you notice I actually move back and forth a little bit up here, right? The point is to be able to connect with each area and be able to see you and hear a little bit from you as I'm watching your eyes and your body language as you are kind of listening along with and where are you at with and we're together in this and I'm listening and looking intently along the way with you and you're like, I'm really uncomfortable now, right? <laughs> I'm just telling you, I am. I'm, I'm trying to see, are they getting it or not? Does it look like they're confused? Do I need to go back and say something a little differently? Like working together with, Paul was doing that. And he's like, as he's sharing, he's like, this guy is locked in. Like I can tell there's something different going on. As Paul was sharing, probably the guy started nodding his head. Like that's so true. I'm with that. Maybe even saw tears filling in his eyes. We don't know what was happening, but Paul could see this guy was getting amped up for the truth of who Jesus Christ is, for the hope that we can have in him. And this guy was like, I am so locked into eternity. Man, I'm so done with this broken world, and I'm so ready for that guy to be in charge. He could see a faith was rising up in this guy. In fact, even a faith that was uh, strong enough to be saying, I think he could even heal me here and now. And so Paul said in a loud voice, stand upright on your feet. Now I'm just saying that's a confident speaker preacher. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? There's that moment where you're like, I think it, I think I can see it. Stand up. And, and he calls it out. Can you imagine being the family member or the friend who's standing next to the guy? And you're listening to this go on. And all of a sudden, he, said, he points to him. He's like, stand upright. And, and you're like, no, you don't understand. He ca-. That's about as many words as they got out, right? And take a look what happens. He says, stand upright on your feet. It says, and he sprang up and began walking. I love when the miracles are recorded in Acts, because as they're recorded, they actually record verbs for the guys who are getting healed that have a lot of energy to them. And he sprang up. When's the last time you sprang up? (laughs) Right? You're like, I don't know, man. I think it's been a little while. I feel myself getting up in the morning. You know, you're like, oh, yeah. Right? We just kind of ease our way up. What? This guy leaped up. Like as he's, Sitting there, he says, stand upright. All of a sudden, he feels something happen. And he jumps up. He's like, whoa, baby, I am walking, man. Can you imagine that moment? As everybody who knew that guy is standing there, and he's like, stand upright. And you're like, no, 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 you don't. Whoa. And this guy is walking around, and he's talking, and he's like, I don't even know what happened. Look at this. I'm healed. I am healed right now because of this guy and what he just said and did. 
And when the crowds saw what Paul had done, everybody say, "Uh uh-oh, Paul had done, right? They somehow gave full credit to Paul instead of to the God behind him. And when the crowd saw what Paul had done, they lifted up their voices saying in Lyconian, so that's the language of the area there, the gods have come down to us in the likeness of men. The gods, plural. You got to understand that Lystra is actually in a Greek area, and so there was a lot of understanding of multiple gods there. And so they're coming from their own understanding of life and living. And they're like, the gods have come down to visit us. And they have taken the likeness of these two men, Paul and Barnabas. We have the gods among us. In fact, as they declared that out, they've taken on the likeness of men. Barnabas they called Zeus and Paul Hermes. Can you imagine that moment? Like, you must be Zeus. And you, you're the spokesman, so you're... Hermes actually says right there after it because he was the chief speaker. They began to speak from what they knew and understood, and they tried to make sense out of what they just saw. And they knew that there was something godlike in the miracle that just took place, but they assigned it to the one who just spoke, stand up. There was a moment where they were fired up about honoring these guys. Man, I'm telling you, when the world sees God move, they are stunned. But they don't have a good explanation. When the world sees God move, they're asking questions. They're striving to tie it together with what they know. Powerful ministry will cause people around to drop to their knees and say, surely God is among us but they're not quite clear on what that looks like. It's a huge deal that we grasp that. And I'm just telling you, a church on fire, a church that is absolutely all about our God gives opportunity for that to happen. And man, we have six core values here. And as we go after those core values, it brings opportunity like this to take place for preaching boldly, Bringing the word of God with all you've got for worshiping authentically all of me in alignment with all of him, right? For being able to pray dependently, Lord God, I'm leaning on you. For being able to celebrate with the witness as we witness courageously, sharing with those around, this is who my God is and this is what he's done. As we gather purposefully, rallying together as a church and making much of him. And then as we reach out to plant churches strategically. Man, as we do those things, God moving in the place, a miracle takes place in our hearts and lives and it spills to the streets. Praise be to God and all of God's people said. That said, just so you guys know, uh, we actually had some pillars outside here, uh, just outside the door, the worship center door, the center one, and we took those down, and we're going to be putting up core values. Six core values are going to be going up probably about the first of the year, somewhere in there. And uh, so we've done some things together artistically, and we just want to throw this slide up just so you've at least seen this, all right? 
So these are the six icons that we're going to be going after and utilizing as part of what we put up on these core value signs. It's going to actually say what it's about as well, but these are the icons that are going to be a part of it. You can see the preach boldly. We will bring God's word without apology and all of God's people said. Okay, God's word lifted up. We will worship authentically. It's about our hearts being all in. May God get all the glory. Praying dependently, that is actually conversation bubbles, right? We are talking with the Lord and we're hearing from him. We will pray dependently. We're abiding in him. And then witness courageously as we reach out to the world, as we get filled up and it spills to the street and we share with anyone who has a question of ask, this is who my God is. This is the reason for my hope. I'm excited about him right? And then the gathering purposefully as we rally together as a church regularly that God might get all the glory. And then ultimately and finally that we might plant something healthy, vibrant, living, growing, all for God's glory. All for God's glory. And all of God's people said. So simple question. These are the core values. So how are you doing at going after these core values in your life? May God truly be celebrated in your life, that we might be amazed with who he is. Point number two, never, never allow it to be for your glory, but rather always point to your living God. Never allow it to be for your glory, but rather always point to your living God. Now remember, we stopped this where they were like, the gods have come and visited us in the likeness of men. They're pointing to Paul and Barnabas and they're calling them out as Zeus and Hermes. It says, and the priest of Zeus, this is the guy whose responsibility it was in the Greek culture to actually get everybody celebrating Zeus. He's like, oh, there's a celebration of Zeus going on. And the priest of Zeus, whose uh, temple was at the entrance to the city, brought oxen and garlands to the gates. Just think of how long it would take to bring oxen. When they, this was going on for a while, right? As they started, it wasn't just a moment where a sentence was said and then this guy pops on the scene, some kind of awkward play that happens where they're like, uh, the gods must be among us. Enter guy from temple, right? And Zeus's priest walks in right there. And no, he's like seeing it all go on and it's taking a while. So he goes and he gets the oxen and he's like bringing them over. It's a euphoria that's beginning to increase and he's trying to get to be a part of it. So he brings the oxen and the garlands to the gates and he wanted to offer sacrifice with the crowds. Everybody say with the crowds. Usually a terrible plan to move with the crowds, right? And uh, so he's going with the crowds. But when the apostles, Barnabas and Paul, heard of it, they tore their garments and they rushed out into the crowd. They tore their garments. A very Jewish response of horror. What are you doing? No! As they tore their garments, it was saying, we are so not with this. Don't do that. As they tore their garment, they were saying, don't give the credit to me. Stop. They tore their garments as they ran out into the crowds and they cried out, men, why are you doing these things? We also are men of like nature with you and we bring you good news 
that you should turn from these vain things to a living God. I love this moment. As they stop him and they're like, you think that's something? Dude, we're just like you. We're just men. But we know the living God. May you turn over your vain worship of some guy named Zeus and begin to celebrate the living God. They point to him. They get it off of themselves and they point to Jesus Christ. He deserves all the glory and all the attention. As they begin to point to him, they celebrate him. And they said, who made the heavens and the earth and the sea and all that is in it. He's like, let me get this clear. He spoke and it is. It isn't me that you should be worshiping. I'm just like you are. It is so important that power ministry constantly repeats, I'm with you. This isn't about me. Have you ever wondered why I'm down here and not up on the stage? Have you ever wondered that? Like, dude, I am here among you. You and I together on this as we work this out. This isn't me up over the top. I've got something figured out. Listen to me as I bring it down to you. Not that. Everybody say, not that. This is all of us working it out together. And oftentimes, I'm working out about three days ahead of you. As I'm getting through the word and God is getting to me and I'm figuring out what I need to go after and then I'm bringing it in here on a Sunday saying, this is what God has rocked me with. We all together in like nature are going after this together. May we all together worship him. And all of God's people said, man, never, ever, ever take credit for yourself. Point to the living God. Huge deal. And he says, why are you doing this? Let us show you the living God, the one who speaks and everything exists. And then he begins to speak some apologetics. He says, in past generations, he allowed all the nations to walk in their own ways. This is probably a moment where he's reading the faces of the crowd. And he's like, listen, I'm just like you. And they're seeing question marks on these guys' faces. Maybe they even know what this culture wrestles with. And they're like, I know, I know, I know. I know your first question is, yeah, but it's gone pretty bad over these last several hundreds of years. And and we haven't seen any presence of God with, and what's going on with that? And just so you know, here's the truth about who your God is. It says, in the past generations, he allowed all the nations to walk in their own ways. This living God serves over all of this place. And he is sovereign. He's in charge. He is fully aware. He is not blown away by. He is not caught off guard with. He knows what's going on. And yes, he has allowed the nations to drift. Hang on. God has a plan. The living God of the universe is still intact and he's over it all. And I'm telling you, he's working even when this world seems broken. Hang on. He's doing something. And in his sovereign nature, he chose to allow some things to take place. But God knows exactly what's happening. It says, yes, he did not leave himself without witness. For he did good by giving you rains from heaven and fruitful seasons, satisfying your hearts with food and gladness. If your question is, well, then where is he? My answer to you is this. 
big theological term, common grace. It is goodness from God that is poured out onto this world and it touches those who are following him and those who are not. The rains that come down, that give fruit, that rises up, that gives you a harvest so you can live. He's giving you your next breath, common grace. This living God who speaks and the world exists, he is handing it out like crazy. And I'm telling you this, guys, I'm with you. You and I are alike, and we need his mercy, and we need his grace, and he's pouring it on us. May we count on him. This is a power apologetics moment as he's calling them to start to grasp the common grace and the mercy of God as he works in this broken world. It says, even with these words, they scarcely restrained the people from offering sacrifice to them. They could barely calm them down from going ahead and following the priest instead and offering a sacrifice. And I'm telling you, as you do ministry, it is absolutely important and essential if we're going to plant a church on fire that those in leadership are not trying to get attention to themselves. Essential. And if you're visiting with us today and you've been a part of a church where you're in a place where pastorship or leadership in some way is making it all about themselves, time to leave that place. Man, please hear me. It must be that we are humble and we are pointing to him. It must be that we are saying, it isn't about me, it's all about him. Praise God. We serve the living God who pours it on and we love and worship him. And all of God's people said, a powerful, living, breathing, growing, planted church will never make it about themselves. They make it about Jesus Christ. And man, I'm just telling you, we have that choice. And so look, we've done this in the past a couple of times here with the core values, right? We talked about the prayer thing where you're like raising your hands up, like adoration, Lord, you are awesome. And then putting your hands to your heart, Lord, please forgive me, right? And then putting your hands down, like, Lord, I'm now receiving from you. What a great three steps in prayer. Or we talked last week about holding fast to the confession of your hope, Man, putting your physical body in play often teaches you something and helps you to remember it more. And so here's what I'm going to ask you to do, uh, just as a little physical body moment. Just take your hand, reach in back, and pat yourself on the back. Go ahead. Go ahead. Actually, on the back. Pat yourself on the back. Do you notice how hard that is? Some of you are like, I'm really flexible. That's not hard at all. That's pretty hard, man. I'm just saying. This is a lot of work, patting yourself on the back. And uh, okay, the only other choice, we either are doing this or we're doing this. No, no credit here. All to my God. He is the one who brings common grace. He pours it on. I'm trusting in him. No, I point to him, right? Our choice, either this or we're doing this. That's it. Those are our only two choices. So do me this favor. Go ahead and rent your clothes, right? Go ahead and tear your clothes. Reach out in front of you and just like, go. I mean, not like actual. Y'all are, some of you are looking at me like, is he for real? That's a metaphorical moment, okay? Just like pretend you're tearing your clothes, right? You're like, that's it. 
Go ahead. Some of you are not doing it. Go ahead with me. That's it. Like I'm telling you, when someone comes to you and you're like, you are awesome. No. My God is awesome. And I love worshiping him. And there are so many moments where I don't have it together. I'm leaning on him. Thank you so much, but I'm humbled. It's all about my God. May it never be that ministry is about me. May it always be about him. So simple question. Do a little inventory for yourself right now. Are you a little more like this? Are you walking around doing the, have you seen what I have done? Are you aware of what I have accomplished? Right? Maybe somebody comes up and they're like, God is awesome. And you're like, what do you mean, God? It was me. Did you see what I did? Right? Have you seen the nice things I've done in this Christmas season? How many gifts I've given out? How many moments I thought about my neighbor? This is amazing. Or are you in the, it's not about me. It is all about my king. Man, may we give the glory to Jesus Christ. It's his glory. Everybody say his glory. May he get all of it. And may we not steal it away to feel good in the moment. Praise be to God. Point number three. Man, if we're going to be planting an on-fire church, faithfully strengthen those entrusted to you no matter what punishment may come. Faithfully strengthen those entrusted to you no matter what punishment may come. It says, but Jews came from Antioch and Iconium. Now, I told you a little bit about those two words up front, and the reality is those two towns were rough towns for Paul and Barnabas to speak in, and in fact, the Jews rose up against them. There was a lot of unsettledness there, and as the Jews came in, this meant trouble. They had had it with this statement about Jesus Christ being the hope and the Messiah, and they were coming to write it by saying it's not true. They were trying to unwind the statement about Jesus Christ. Jews came from Antioch and Iconium. And having persuaded the crowds, they stoned Paul and dragged him out of the city. Man, is that crowd fickle? Right? This miracle happens where Paul's like, stand up. And the dude jumps up and he's dancing around and he's happy. And they're like, gods are among us. Let's worship him. And then some Jews come in and they say some words. We don't know what they said, but something probably along the lines of, that's a lie. That's not the Messiah. We killed him. It's over. And, and, and it isn't true. And they're like, they're liars. And they're like, we stone liars. Now, just so you know, stoning, it doesn't mean you grab these little stones. Like we think of the word stones and it's little tiny, like those are stones, right? No, dude, this is like softball size rocks being thrown at someone. Softball-sized rocks that they convinced them. First, they were going to worship them. Now they're throwing softball-sized rocks at them that they might kill them for being some sort of deceivers and liars. It says they stoned Paul and they dragged him out of the city, supposing that he was dead. Let's just picture this for a moment. As he's going to be stoned, Paul is standing there in a crowd that is trying to give him glory, and somehow it all transitions. 
the Jews begin speaking murmurings in. That's a lie. That isn't true. You better watch that guy. He's trying to do something with you, whatever they're doing. And we need to do something here. As they begin to stone, the first guy that takes one of these softball-sized rocks and chucks it, can you imagine getting hit with a rock anywhere on your body where it hits you from full thrust? And you're like, oh, man, right? Can you imagine that? Imagine getting hit in the head as the concussion causes you to reel. Blood starts coming down. You get hit in the chest. You feel a rib break. You can feel the pain of each hit. And now they're throwing them by the many as you're getting struck and you drop to the ground. And they keep throwing them on. And they're throwing them as hard as they can. And it is bruising and breaking skin. And you are bleeding like crazy. One of them hits you in the head so hard, you go out unconscious. And they look at him. And he's laying there bloody, maybe broken bones. He's not responding. They're like, drag him out for dead. And they grab him and they walked him out of the city. They left him there. We're done with this guy. They walked back in like, that was a day that was done well. We stopped this ridiculous lie. Meanwhile, Paul laying outside, but when the disciples gathered about him, he rose up and entered the city. What? Dude, can you imagine this moment? The disciples come around and they're like, Paul, Paul, are you, man, he doesn't look good, man. And they rally around, probably started to pray. And as they're rallying and praying, Paul goes, and he stands up. You're like, dude, take it easy. It's okay. Do you want me to get you, do you want to sit down a little bit? He's like, we're going back in, boys. (laughs) And Paul walks back into the city, and he's like, bad news for you. I told you it's not about me. It is about my living God, and I worship the one who speaks in this world exists. And so I'm here, and I'm here to do ministry like you would not believe. Man, I'm telling you, I cannot imagine what that was like for those Jews who were like, that's right, that's what we did. He deserved a little bit of the, what? I thought we had that boy down. What in the world is, everybody just say miracle. Now, do you think they were willing to admit miracle? No way, right? And they're trying to deny what's going on as Paul walks back into the city and he begins to share what was happening. He walks into the city and he makes it clear where he stood. And then it says, and on the next day, he went on with Barnabas to Derby. Okay, this is not like he was in Morton, so he went to East Peoria. This is 60 miles away. 60 miles, man. They're like, Paul, what do you want to do today? Are you okay, man? Do you want me to just get you something? I was thinking 60-mile walk. 
That's what I'm thinking we go for. Let's do it. And they go on a journey. This is a full healing as he takes off to go to the next town. Goes to Derby. It says, when they had preached the gospel to the city and had made many disciples, they returned to Lystra and to Iconium and to Antioch. When they had preached the gospel and had many disciples, they shared the truth. We know the risen Savior. His name is Jesus Christ. We need our sin covered, and we cannot cover it ourselves. Jesus Christ, he came into this world knowing what was coming. He died on the cross, and he rose again. Hope. We have hope in Jesus Christ. We can have life in him. Believe he has risen from the dead. Confess him as Lord, and you can be saved. And people started believing and confessing all over the place. The city was being turned upside down for Jesus Christ. Praise be to God. Man, the power of the gospel preached. And then it says after that, he returned to Lystra and Iconium and to Antioch. Can you imagine that moment? They're like, it's going well. And people are being saved, and you're rallying them together, right? That's what the church is. You begin to rally the saved people together, and they're like, all right, so maybe we should do something with the church here. Maybe we should get it started. What do you want to do? I'm thinking we should go back where they stoned us. Why? Right? If you're everybody else, you're like, what are you thinking about? And he's like, we're going back. Why? It says, strengthening the souls of the disciples, encouraging them to continue in the faith and saying that through many tribulations, we must enter the kingdom of God. Please hear me. The church is built in struggle, not ease. The church is built not with comfort, but with challenge. And as God works in our souls, and sometimes it's political, and sometimes it's social, and sometimes it's religious, spiritual, and sometimes it's physical, and whatever God so chooses, as he puts us under duress, we follow our living God, and we have a peace in him and a joy with him that cannot be explained. And the world looks on and says, there is a God among us, and I don't understand how this works. Our job is to be on fire with our worship no matter what we face. And all of God's people said, amen, man. Don't miss it because it's easy in America for it to get soft. It's easy for it to get comfortable where we start to complain. I was at that church, but quite frankly, pews, really? Those are uncomfortable now. I'm going to a place that has really nice theater seating, right? And, and if you're here for the theater seating, we love you, welcome. There's a lot more going on than that, right? <laughs> and just so we're clear, right? We can get so wrapped up in the comforts. It is all about our king. It is all about our king. We plant churches on fire, churches that are ready to face whatever God brings because he gets all the glory, that all of those around might say, I don't get it, but there is a God among us and he is moving. That's what we're going after. Huge deal. And uh, man, I'm just telling you, you've heard us talk a lot about Haiti. We love to plant churches. We've planted six churches down in Haiti, three more coming this year, God willing. 
And uh, we planted South St. Louis, and we planted Denver, Colorado. We've planted a number of churches. There will be, by the end of this year, 11 churches that we've been a part of planting in various ways, shapes, and forms. And I'm just telling you, as you talk to Pastor Abraham down in Haiti right now, and you ask him how it's going with church and church plant, he will absolutely echo this phrase, that through many tribulations, we must enter the kingdom of God. The reality God uses the church under duress to bring people to him. It's part of the plan. And as he wakes us up to this world doesn't have it, God does. We start leaning on him with all we've got. May God get all the glory. Man, be in prayer for Pastor Abraham. Be in prayer for those churches in Haiti. The political struggle going on down there. The financial struggle. There's, there's increasing inflation going on, making it harder and harder to buy. The, the crops in general and the struggle there, please be in prayer for them as a country, them for a church and the churches around. Those six churches we planted are right now finding it harder and harder to continue to do ministry. Praise God, the streets are now opening back up and some of the schools are beginning to be opened like back in Jack Mal. And praise God for that. But I'm telling you with the political unrest there, it has been deep, it has been dark and it has been heavy and God is moving, and all of God's people said, please be in prayer. We long for God to do a work as we strengthen, as we encourage, and as we bring the gospel. May Jesus Christ get all the glory. It is about getting people saved, and it is about strengthening and encouraging along the way. Man, are you willing to pray that God move even in the heartache? Are you willing to take your heartache and hand it to him saying, you're in charge? May God get the glory. Number four, establish elders in the church to provide leadership and godly care. Establish elders in the church to provide leadership and godly care. It says, and when they had appointed elders for them in every church, in how many churches? In every church, this is a thing, man. Each church established has eldership over it to lead it. And uh, every church appointed elders, please notice, plural, right? Not one elder, plural elders. And the plurality of eldership is part of the role and the goal. It says, with prayer and fasting, they committed them to the Lord. To whom? To the Lord. Man, I'm telling you, the elder's job is to lead a church that will be on fire no matter what's going on. And so I just wanted to do this. We are a church that has eldership. Let's go ahead and just throw our elder picks up here, just so you've seen it. Maybe you don't know all of our elders. Good that you do. And so um, the first two are Pastor Kent and myself. We're two staff guys that are on the elder board, and then the other four are lay guys. They're not on staff. Steve Belzer is our chairman of the elders. And... Uh, been leading faithfully and strongly there. And then uh, John Creekmer is an elder with us. He uh, faithfully serving in this community as a financial advisor and in this church, helping with a lot of strengths and abilities there. And then Steve Hutton, who's uh, in the lay community here, and he has served in so many ways within the school districts and has great understanding of process. And, and uh, he's a part of it with us. And Phil King, who also has his own company in the area, a construction company and roofing company. And, and I'm telling you, these guys are great leaders. They are humble men, and they long for Jesus Christ to get the glory. 
You have six elders who love you like crazy. And we lay it on the line with all we've got. And nobody is holding back. Know this. Your elders love you through and through. And our job is to constantly point to the glory of the Lord. And all of God's people said, may God get all the glory, it says, uh, committed them to the Lord in whom they had believed. Hope in Jesus Christ rallies people together who are trusting in him. The ones trusted are now organized together and strengthening and encouraging begins. As that core team is now running, you put eldership over it and the elders now lead for an ongoing strengthening and encouraging and gospel sharing that that church might grow. May God get all the glory. Power ministry, glory to Jesus Christ, no matter what the struggle, elders in place to lead, that's a healthy church on fire. May we plant where God is providing those things strategically. And all of God's people said, it is all about his glory. Let's pray. 